Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. Are. This is Sports Crunch with DCROM. I'm your host, David Cromelo. Well, Halloween brought its fair share of tricks and treats alike to week eight of the 2021 NFL season. In terms of tricks, we saw some big time, brutal season ending injuries to key players, most notably Jameis Winston and Derrick Henry. And in terms of treats, we saw underdogs led by backup quarterbacks will their way to victory in the most inspiring fashion possible. And Hal Bent, regardless of what teams we root for, we should all be hoping that those teams that experienced such unfortunate tricks this past week are able to bring us big-time treats as we enter the second half of the season, shouldn't we? We definitely should, David. We've got a lot of division races, wild cards that are up in the air. There's not a lot that's decided right now. And as we saw with the trade deadline going past, there were a lot of teams standing pat uh, that didn't want to give up on this season uh, with three wild cards in each division. A lot of teams who still think their best football is ahead of them and are geared up to make a big run in the second half of this season. Absolutely have. The Titans and Saints uh, stood pat because they believe they have what it takes to overcome those uh, devastating season-ending injuries to uh, Jameis Winston and most likely Derrick Henry. And we'll get to those in just a little bit. But first, let's talk about Week 8 in general. What were your main takeaways? Well, I think we had what can only be called the backup quarterback showcase week this week. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, You know, first top of that list, this Mike White of the New York Jets, what a performance. Uh, is he putting Zach Wilson on notice in New York? Cooper Rush in Dallas, the Cooper to Cooper connection for the win. Just amazing stuff. Your old friend, Trevor Simeon. Have no fear. The Brady killer is here for <laughs> New Orleans. What a performance of, you know, just keeping things on track. You know, he wasn't superb, but he did enough to get the W. Great performance there. We got to see a P.J. Walker cameo in Carolina with Sam Darnold down. And Geno Smith keeping the seat warm in Seattle with a strong performance. Uh, Backup quarterbacks were the name of the game last week. They most certainly were. But one team in particular with one of those backup quarterbacks stood out to me, the Dallas Cowboys. It just feels that this year's Cowboys team just has that team of destiny feel to them. The way uh, that they played the Vikings, oh my God, their defense with Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory absolutely balling out on Sunday night, almost single-handedly keeping them in the game from start to finish and allowing Cooper Rush to make the big plays when he needed to the most, which he did. And I was expecting a Vikings blowout. I really was. I was like, oh, no, how are the Cowboys going to win without Dak? I understand why they're resting if they want to get him to 100% before they try to back out on the field. But I just thought it spelled Vikings blowout when it was clear that he wasn't going to play. And, oh, my God, did they rally with that collective team spirit. It was just so inspiring to watch. This Cowboys team, if they don't make the NFC Championship, it'll be an abysmal failure of a season. That's all I can say. Well, David, I mean, the other point as well as with Dallas is the competition in the NFC is so strong. Where you're looking at, you know, I would say the five best teams in the NFL are in the NFC right now. I think that's hard to dispute. The Rams, the Cardinals, Tampa Bay. Green Bay, Dallas, and then after that, then you get into Tennessee, Buffalo, Baltimore. The AFC is just stuck in mud. Uh, Just everybody's pushed in there together. Nobody's separating. And, you know, do you throw New Orleans as a legitimate contender? The job that Sean Payton did, is he going to be able to – even without Jameis Winston, 
make that work and a double digit win team that can cause some trouble in the playoffs? I don't know, but five, maybe six of the best teams in the NFL right now coming from that NFC. It's like the good old days when I was a kid in the eighties, David, and the NFC championship game was the real Super Bowl, And it was just, a, you crowned the winner there. And it was just a formality when the big game come around. This year feels a lot like that. I wouldn't go that far. I still think there are a lot of AFC teams that are more than capable of winning the Super Bowl against one of those five NFC teams that you mentioned. But it is going to be tough, and I agree. The five best teams in the NFL are easily currently in the NFC right now. And speaking of one of those teams, the New Orleans Saints, let's start our weekly truth or exaggeration game with the Saints. If the Saints offense sputters these next few weeks without Jameis Winston, they should immediately sign Cam Newton. Truth or exaggeration? Yeah, truth. I think Sean Payton can use Cam Newton to, to be a winning team. I don't see why that's not a truth. I mean, they may, uh, you know, reach out to someone else first. But yeah, Cam should be on that list. I, I can see Cam as a, a as a possibility there. I don't put anything past Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton can, can take just about anybody at this point, put them behind center and put together some kind of winning team right now. And it, it, until I'm proven wrong, every time he's been without Drew Brees, he's found a way so far. I'm going to say, Cam, sure, that's a truth. I would absolutely agree. Uh, if there's anybody who could get the utmost out of whatever Cam Newton has left, it is easily, without a doubt, Sean Payton. And now on to the team that lost to Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings. Stuck in the swamps of mediocrity, Vikings owner Ziggy Wilf should pivot in a new direction by firing both Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman after the season, should they miss the playoffs? Truth or exaggeration? The truth, David, I think Minnesota is teetering on the verge of burn it down and rebuild. Fresh voice. I love Mike Zimmer. I've always been a big Mike Zimmer fan, but this team this year, it doesn't seem like he has their ear. And if he's lost that team, it's time for a fresh voice in there. And I think Minnesota has a lot of a lot of things that they can do to turn things around. So yeah, definitely a truth. If if they bottom out here in these coming weeks and you know fall out of the playoff contention, definitely Mike Zimmer uh, should be up uh, on the firing block. His seat is already warm, and it'll just get warmer and warmer and warmer. And you know, forget you know, will he last three weeks? Ravens, Chargers, Packers coming up. That's a gauntlet. If they lose those three, forget it. The season's over. It most certainly is. Very good point. And now on to another team that made a decision that I agree with, actually, my Denver Broncos. After trading away Von Miller to the Rams, the Broncos should trade all five of their top 100 2022 draft picks, plus another future first or two. For Russell Wilson, should he become available? Truth or exaggeration? Oh, Russell Wilson. I, I thought this was an Aaron Rodgers question. No, they're getting Aaron Rodgers next year, David. Uh, <laughs> Not Russell, Russell, Wilson. Russell Wilson. He's younger and he has more years left, <laughs> a lot more years left than Aaron uh, Rodgers has. Yes, definitely if he becomes available, definitely, definitely, definitely. Russell Wilson, I don't think he's going to be available. I think the real question is Aaron Rodgers, and yes, they should do it for either one of them. We shall see, and they'll obviously have competition from nearly half the league going for the services of Aaron Rodgers and or Russell Wilson should both become available, as many people believe they will. And on to the Cowboys. As I said, it's going to be a disappointment if they don't make it to the NFC Championship. If the Cowboys fail to reach the NFC Championship, Due in large part to Mike McCarthy coaching miscues, Jerry Jones should fire Mike McCarthy and promote Kellen Moore to head coach. Truth or exaggeration? That's the truth, David. I think Jerry Jones is kicking himself for not putting Sean Payton in it 
head coach oh so many years ago. And I think that's cost the Cowboys dearly over the last decade plus. And I think that lesson is well learned by Jerry Jones. And if Mike McCarthy, who it looks like the team is winning in spite of him in some <laughs> cases in many weeks, I would have to say he should not hesitate. Uh, Kellen Moore, don't let him be the next Sean Payton. Truth, truth, truth. Yes, and uh, it's been reported by uh, NFL insider Benjamin Albright at Albright NFL that uh, Jerry Jones uh, is planning on uh, bringing out a Briggs truck for Kellen Moore and promoting him at the very least to assistant head coach. So he'll be coaching, waiting, whatever he decides to can Mike McCarthy. So that is exactly what Jerry Jones is doing after that grotesque mistake of letting Sean Payton go nearly a decade ago, as you alluded to. And now on to the AFC West and the struggling, and I mean struggling, Kansas City Chiefs. Unless the Raiders or Chargers self-destruct, the Chiefs will either barely sneak into the playoffs or not make the playoffs at all. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, I'm going to say exaggeration. This Kansas City team is just, you know, a healthy Tyreek Hill, a healthy Travis Kelsey, a a healthy Patrick Mahomes, and this is a playoff team that's going to scare some people uh, come January they're struggling right now. We're halfway through the season. There's plenty of time for them to figure out what they're going to do on defense. Uh, traded for Belvin Ingram. So they're already taking steps on that abysmal pass rush to at least help out a little. And Patrick Mahomes is going to figure it out. He's faced this adversity a lot later than most quarterbacks do in their career. But he is just too talented, too smart. And with Andy Reid at the helm, they will figure it out. This Kansas City team is still going to win double-digit games and make the playoffs and probably win the AFC West by the time this season's over. It wouldn't shock me one bit if that happened, Hal. It really would not, knowing who Andy Reid is and who Patrick Mahomes is. They're going through a rough patch now as all – championship caliber teams do and they hadn't really gone through such a rough patch these past two years maybe this could be a blessing in disguise for them and now out of the chargers their inability to stop the run as you saw against your patriots this past weekend will prevent them from winning the afc west truth or exaggeration yeah truth i mean i i still think kansas city's the favorite there the chargers as talented as they are and so many talented players on both sides of the football, their ability to to uh, to stop the run, their inability on the right side of the offensive line to stop opposing pass rushers. I mean, Justin Herbert, Bill Belichick drew up a game plan that just had a giant, giant target on that right side of the Chargers offensive line. He went into that game knowing exactly who they were going to attack. And it was Michael Schofield and Storm Norton. And they destroyed them. I mean, you want to say Justin Herbert had a bad game? Well, it was obvious. He was under pressure repeatedly. The ball was out of his hands much sooner than he wanted to be. You know, and it was a very simple plan executed well typical bill belichick plan and so between that ability to stop the run which hurts their pass defense as they commit more and more resources in that in the box with seven and eight guys there we saw it hurting them in that game in the passing game in the and that final drive of the game and again that right side of the offensive line they got to figure that out um, and get that fixed because That's two huge problems for the Chargers that have been exposed to everyone and going to make for a rough second half of the season. Yeah, Brian Bulaga, hopefully he gets healthy sooner rather than later. They need a proven vet on that right side to protect Justin Herbert. You don't have to worry about the left side, though, because Rashawn Slater is blanking out pass rushers. And if uh, he were it's an offensive lineman, he'd probably be offensive rookie of the year, wouldn't he? <laughs> he belongs in the consideration because offensive linemen definitely deserve it. And he was 
I mean, a joy to watch last week. S-T-U-D. There was no pressure coming from his side, let me tell you. That was to be a rookie out there like that. I mean, just an impressive performance. He, he is just fantastic. What a steal for the Chargers to get a franchise left tackle like him. Just, just wonderful to watch him out there. He's a joy to watch. He sure is. And last but not least, in truth or exaggeration for this week, because of the potential, if not likely, season-ending injury to Derrick Henry, the Indianapolis Colts have an excellent chance to win the AFC South. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, with Carson Wentz at quarterback. Oh, God. I, oh, David, you're killing me. I, I won't say excellent chance, but I will say they do have a chance. I'm very concerned to see how Ryan Tannehill does at quarterback without Derrick Henry. It's been such a huge advantage for him these past couple of years and and part of his growth but taking that away I mean oh I just can't just the thought of you know Carson Wentz division winner he we after last week I just can't bite that bullet I just can't do it Carson Wentz is just not good enough period I I, I no. After the way he finished that game, no, they blew it. That was it. No matter what, they're not winning that division. Um, I don't care how easy the rest of their schedule is the rest of the way. It's just not going to happen. Mike Vrabel will figure out enough. That exaggeration. No Wentz. No, no way. Yeah, that is a fair point, Hal, especially after seeing how he nearly single-handedly lost the game for the Colts in the final minute with that pick six to Elijah Molded. That was one of the most boneheaded quarterback decisions I've seen in recent years. It was terrible. Terrible indeed. And now it's time to bring back another game that we like to play, and it's called This or That. And in this game, I make a uh, statement with uh, one or two possible uh, choices, and you make a choice, and you explain why you've made that choice. And we start in the NFC Who is more likely to reach Super Bowl 56? The Rams with Von Miller now coming to town with Aaron Donald rushing the quarterback or the Cowboys that showed us a team of destiny on Sunday against the Vikings? Well, I I tell you, it's hard to pick against the Rams with that. Oh, that Von Miller added to that defense. Just scary, scary, scary. Gary, I mean, they're already on track. Improvement to that offense with Matthew Stafford has just taken them to a different level. And now adding to that defense as well, Vaughn Miller thrown in there with Leonard Floyd, who's already got six and a half sacks, Aaron Donald. Oh, that's just scary, scary. I, it, it's gotta, I, I've got to go with the Rams here. Yes, and one of the main reasons why I agree with you, give me Sean McVay over Mike McCarthy every single day. Sean McVay has his flaws, but Mike McCarthy has even more catastrophic flaws than Sean McVay has come playoff time. And speaking of great coaching, which long-tenured head coach is more likely to be coaching the exact same team 10 years from now, Sean Payton or Mike Tomlin? Well, I mean, history is going to say, Mike Tomlin is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for as long as he wants it to be. And, you know, Sean Payton may be the de facto mayor of New Orleans, but, uh, you know, I could still see Jerry Jones throwing enough money at him to try to make him come home to Dallas. I've got to go with Mike Tomlin. It's his job for as long as he wants it. And he doesn't seem to have any interest to be anywhere else and i certainly don't blame him at all uh i'm gonna go with uh mike tomlin who let's face it the job he's done this season already um you know let's put him in the coach of the year candidacy as well too often it's new fresh coaches um but somebody to take a team that wasn't expected to be in the middle of the playoff hunt and is right now and 
is still looking like they're a team that nobody wants to play. Mike Tomlin, definitely. Uh, you could say Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin should be in that coach of the yeah. year. Because uh, nobody was expecting that much out of the Saints either. And both of them have showed exactly why they're two of the best coaches of this century so far. And which backup quarterback had the more impressive performance on Sunday? Mike White or Cooper Rush? That's a, that's a coin toss there. I mean, I don't think anybody expected either of them to do what they did. Cooper Rush, yeah, he's certainly got more talent around him on offense, uh, without a doubt. I, I've got to go with Mike White. Nobody saw this coming. I think after the first, you know, I think the second quarter, the, the Jets scored on the first drive. You had the two turnovers, missed field goal, a punt everybody felt Joe Flacco was ready to come into the game at that point. And for Mike white to not only, you know, keep a stranglehold on the job for the week, but to go out and win that game, it, it's gotta be Mike white. I, I've got to go with Mike white here. Yeah. Especially uh, without the number one receiver for the jets, Corey Davis in that game. I thought, gee, who's he going to throw to? Oh my God. Was he amazing that game? Very inspired performance by Mike white. Dean. Nothing against Cooper rush, but uh, in all fairness, Cooper Rush had the supporting cast that Mike White did not have. Mike White was more of a leader. Cooper Rush just did the right things at the right time to help win that game. Mike White like, was the main reason why the Jets won that game, arguably. But that said, that is not a slight against Cooper Rush, who did a very inspiring job filling in for Dak Prescott last week. And last but not least for this or that, which team has been the bigger disappointment? The Miami Dolphins? or the Washington football team? That's a tough one there. Both teams made the playoffs. Both teams were expected to be on the backs of their strong defense and be back again this year. And both of them have been just putrid. Uh, Washington is bottom half of the, what, 27th in total points allowed. Miami's 29th. They're both terrible. And both of them... Yeah, Riverboat, Ron Rivera, Brian Flores, these aren't terrible coaches here. Uh, I, I've got to say Miami is it just, you know, Washington seemed to overachieve a little last year. The regression could be seen as possible, especially once Ryan Fitzpatrick got hurt. But Miami, no excuses there. This was a team that was supposed to be on the up and up. All those draft picks they've had, young players, Brian Flores bought, brought them in, and they have not performed for him. It's all on him right now. Miami is the biggest disappointment. Very good point. And now let's preview the game of the week, or was at least the game of the week heading into this morning. The Green Bay Packers traveling to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs, and we were all hoping that we would finally get to see Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes duke it out against one another after that couldn't happen a couple years ago because Patrick Mahomes had that injury. But as was reported this morning, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID-19 and he will not be able to play this game, depriving all of us of that matchup we had all hoped to finally see. Thus, Jordan Love will be making his first NFL start on Sunday. That said, I have a feeling that Matt LaFleur is going to want to take as much pressure off of Jordan Love as humanly possible and making this another run-centric offensive game plan. Do you see that happening? And if so, just how potent a one-two punch are Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are a very potent one-two punch, and it's getting to the point where is the one A.J. Dillon or is the one Aaron Jones? Because last week... The one looked like A.J. Dillon, who had, you know, the pretty much split those carries pretty evenly. And it was A.J. Dillon who was much more effective running the football with that downhill style pride of Boston College there for Green Bay. So, uh, yeah, definitely that one two punch at running back is going to be huge help to Jordan Love in this game, especially if that offense can pounded out against the Kansas City defense, which has been back on its heels a lot this season. 
Absolutely. And this is a concern I have for the Packers uh, going forward. Um, in that goal line sequence uh, near the end of the game where the Packers had the chance to put the game away and it, it should have been put away because there was no indisputable evidence to overturn that Aaron Jones touchdown, in my opinion. Why weren't they handing the ball off to A.J. Dillon at the goal line? He is the ultimate goal line bet. What was Matt LaFleur thinking? His decision-making in the NFC Championship last year, we know how atrocious that was. Going for yeah. the field goal instead of going for the touchdown and two-point conversion on fourth down. And uh, Matt LaFleur doesn't put in his power back at the goal line. Oh, my God. I am so worried that Matt LaFleur is going to screw up this last dance. Yeah, I mean, oof, that was that was a puzzling decision to say the, the least. I mean, Jones is not bad at the goal line. He certainly has scored many touchdowns, and I don't know if that, that was a managing ego situation there, uh, keeping Jones out there. But but like you said, if, if there's a running back you want, you know, at the goal line, give me A.J. Dillon all day if Derrick Henry's not available. Quadzilla, he is <laughs> arguably Derrick Henry light, AJ Dillon. <laughs> Derrick Henry light. If there's anybody worthy of that distinction, it is AJ Dillon. And the Packers, I believe, are going to be relying on him and Aaron Jones to almost single handedly win them this game this weekend in Kansas City. And in terms of the Chiefs and their struggles that we talked about a little bit earlier, Mike Renner, a pro football focus, tweeted out some damning numbers yesterday on Patrick Mahomes. Through eight weeks, his big-time throw percentage is a pedestrian 3.4% compared to 6.4% last season, 6.7% in 2019, and 6.9% in his breakout year of 2018. By playing two deep safeties all day long against the Chiefs, as the Giants did, defenses have successfully taken away Tyree Kill in the home run play, forcing Mahomes to earn every single yard the hard way and betting that he will get greedy and make a mistake. And so far, that bet is pretty much paying off for opposing defenses as Mahomes has absolutely been a turnover machine. Not, not all his fault, but uh, still, he is a turnover machine right now, and you cannot deny that. But you think this is entirely fixable. How do the Chiefs fix those issues on offense in time for this Sunday? Should they run the ball a lot more, especially behind that borderline elite interior offensive line like we saw against the Giants? Yeah, I, I think that's a great place to start, David, running the football, that interior offensive line, and, and let's take it out to the edge as well. Orlando Brown is not known as a great pass-blocking left tackle. Orlando Brown made his money in Baltimore by being a mauler on the edge. And if you want to run behind somebody, that's the first person I'm looking at is son of Zeus, go right behind him and pound that football first and foremost. And if you can get that defense to come out of that cover two shell, the only way it's going to happen is by the old Peyton Manning. Take what the defense gives you. If they want to let you run the ball, hand it off 45 times, take your W and walk out of the stadium. And that's what Patrick Mahomes has to learn this week is to take what that defense is giving him. If it's the four yard pass to the fullback, you take it. If it's the, you know, the wide receiver curl six yards out is the only guy open, take it. If it's audibling out of the pass play and pounding the ball between the guard and center, then you do that. You do whatever it takes, as boring and ugly as it may be, to get the points and get the Ws. And let's talk about some key matchups in this game. And I am looking at that Kansas City Chiefs center, Creed Humphrey. I would argue that Creed Humphrey has had an equally impressive rookie season as Rashawn Slater. There might not be two rookies playing better at any other position. Then Rashawn Slater and Creed Humphrey, maybe with the exception of Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, Humphrey week after week as a second round pick as well. I mean, not even the Rashawn Slater uh, first round pedigree there has stepped in and just improved week over week over week. He started out looking very good. And now he just looks like your run of the mill 
one of the best centers in the NFL right now. Um, yeah, he has been fantastic. He's got the veteran Joe Tooney on one side, but Trey Smith's been playing right guard, another rookie, and he's looked steal. well. Fan pick. Yeah, um, what a steal he has been. So now I know what you're thinking about when we talk about this matchup of the interior offensive line because there's somebody for green bay we've been talking about year after year after year (laughs) the the best kept secret in the nfl is kenny clark and that's gonna be a heck of a matchup this week i can't wait to see it in the trenches yes if you liked uh quentin elson against darren donald earlier the year i think this matchup has the potential to be equally as impressive and intriguing Oh, definitely. Definitely. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be, you know, heavyweight battle. Uh, and that's going to, you know, be a big key for that Kansas City offense because they've got to protect Mahomes and they've got to be able to hold that line of scrimmage and establish the run. And it's going to start right there in the middle of that defense. And Creed Humphrey had a very tough matchup last week going against Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. And those two guys are two of the best, if not the best interior defensive line combo in the entire NFL. They're easily the two best players on the New York Giants for crying out loud, dare I say. And Creed Humphrey and the Chiefs uh, interior offensive line just had a field day with them when they decided to run the ball, which wasn't as often as they should have. Exactly. No, Humphrey had a great game. He was not the problem with the Chiefs offense there, that interior offensive line had another strong performance. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun one. It's, that's all I can say about that matchup. It's going to be fun. Yes. And I think uh, the matchups on both sides of the trenches are going to be what decides this game because uh, even with Patrick Mahomes playing, I think it's incumbent upon the Chiefs, even with Aaron Rodgers not playing, to get the running game going better than ever before to open up that passing game, especially that deep home run passing game that Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey thrive on. And when you switch roles, Chris Jones going up against Josh Myers, assuming he's back, uh, a rookie center that Aaron Rodgers praised to, during training camp going up against Chris Jones. If uh, Chris Jones makes Josh Myers look like a rookie, going to be a long day for Jordan Love and potentially that running game too. Yeah, exactly right. And we talked about, you know, Green Bay needs to let those backs carry it. And doesn't matter who your running back is, if guys are two or three uh, deep in the backfield uh, when they get the ball, <laughs> I don't care if you got Jim Brown back there, you're not making any forward progress there. So that interior offensive line for Green Bay, they've got to stay strong. Uh, Kansas City, again, we've seen Jaron Reed can be a, a, a stud in the middle of that defense. Please let Chris Jones play inside more. Put him in there, please. Hopefully, uh, starting this week, we'll start to see that more, and he can make a difference in the middle against the pass and the run. Indeed. And who do you think comes away with a victory on Sunday at Arrowhead? Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or Jordan Love and the Packers with another upset win by a team and its backup quarterback? I, I'm staying on the backup quarterback trend here, David. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, but I'm going to take Green Bay over Kansas City, 31 to 29. Sound that simpatico. I'm going with the Packers too. Give it all the strange stuff that's happened in the NFL over the past couple of days. I just have a hard time not seeing a backup quarterback win. I think that the plan that the Packers ran against the Cardinals last week was absolutely perfect, relying on that run game without Devontae Adams. They're going to do it again to a Chiefs defense that continues to struggle. And Jordan Love just look for number 49 on the Chiefs, Daniel Sorensen, and throw to whoever is lined up against him, and you'll be fine. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, I think they're going to eventually air out their offensive issues, but not in this game. The Packers are going to prove that they have a team of destiny flavor to them this week as well. Since it's the likely the last dance with Aaron Rodgers, I like the Packers as well. And now let's go on to the rest of these week nine games, starting with tonight. Robert Sala's New York Jets fresh off that incredible upset win 
over the Bengals and Mike White traveling to Indy to take on Carson Wentz and the Colts. The Jets, oh my God, all of their losses have been against teams that are either at 500 or below, yet both of their wins have been against the Titans or the Bengals. Oh my God, <laughs> talk about a very, very interesting team this year, but a team headed in the right direction nonetheless. I like the Colts in this game, but I think the Jets cover the spread significantly, and it's going to be close and ugly. Exactly what I have here, David, as well. Um, you know, Colts should win this game, probably will win this game, but the Jets, I mean, I, I don't see them rolling over and playing dead. They played with a lot of pride last week, and I think they'll bring that on a short week this week as well. So I've got Indy winning, but only 20 to 16. Yeah, and Carson Wentz, watch out for Quinn and Williams. Ooh. That guy is a monster. Mm-hmm. The Houston Texans traveling to Miami to take on the Dolphins, the two teams that everybody thought would make a trade for Deshaun Watson for weeks. That did not happen. And that said, the Dolphins are still by far the more superior team. I like Tua, and, and that obviously absolutely diced the Texans up all game long. And uh, whoever's a quarterback for the Texans, whether it be Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills, I think it's going to be quite the beatdown in Miami. Dolphins win. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I just, you know, I worry about the Dolphins with a letdown here because they played winnable games against Jacksonville, winnable game against Atlanta, and just fell short on those. And, I mean, couldn't have played better against Buffalo in that first half on defense. I mean, there's got to be a letdown in Miami that after that. I mean, two should slam dunk should have won games. And then this game they had circled on their schedule for Buffalo, their get right game, their big upset. And to come so close and fall so far. Yeah, I think it's a big letdown Sunday in Miami, and I think the Texans are going to pull off that upset. Uh, I see Houston somehow winning this game 19-17 to 17 over the Dolphins. Yes, I think the Dolphins are going to win big because I think the Texans are a mess, but the Dolphins could be a bigger mess than I think, so uh, so neither scenario that we presented will be surprising whatsoever. You're doing the Patriots traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers and PJ Walker. I like the Patriots in this game big time. I think uh, Bill Belichick is going to make life absolutely miserable for PJ Walker and uh, Matt Jones. Although uh, the Patriots offense might have a little bit of a tough time against this Panthers defense. They're going to do just enough to win. It's going to be a hard fought win, relatively low scoring game, but I believe the Patriots walk away with, let's say a 20 to seven win. Yeah, I, I like the Patriots as well. I mean, McCaffrey may be back for Carolina. You got the Stefan Gilmore revenge game. But at the end of the day, this Patriots team is starting to move in the right direction. And there's nothing scarier than Bill Belichick getting the troops buying in and, and starting to get uh, pile up some W's here. Carolina, you know, I think the defense may be moving in the right direction. Uh, finally having broken that four-game losing streak, but I still see the Patriots winning pretty handily, 27-16. to 16. The Buffalo Bills traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Trevor Lawrence looks like a bona fide franchise quarterback without any help whatsoever, uh, and it's going to be ugly. The Bills' defense is going to absolutely get after him, and Urban Meyer versus Sean McDermott, not even close. Not a chance. Bills steamroll the Jaguars. The Jaguars are even worse than the Dolphins, arguably. Yeah, I mean, you know, poor Trevor Lawrence. I think the only person he trusts to throw the ball to over there is Dan Arnold right now. I mean, that, oh, that offense is just terrible around him. Yeah, this has got blowout written all over it. Uh, I've got the Bills in a, you know, sleepwalking in the second half. Lots of Trubisky, 
38 to six over Jacksonville. Yeah, I think we see Trubisky in the second <laughs> half as well of this game. The Cleveland Browns traveling to Cincinnati to take out the Bagels at the Battle of Ohio. The season on the line for the Browns after dropping a heartbreaker to the Stillers at home. And that said, I think the Bengals win this game still. I think uh, Joe Burrow is the superior quarterback and whatever the Browns are good at rushing the quarterback with only four, the Bengals are good at, and they have enough firepower there to match that intensity as well. And uh, the Baker Mayfield uh, being at sub 100%, although Jarvis Landry let him down big time, the distraction that Odell Beckham is currently bringing to that team and him probably not being able to play for that team anymore, given what's, what's going on today with the team dismissing him for practice and having uh, GM Andrew Barry talk with Beckham's agent about what the next step is. This is a guy that probably has to be released before this game, but he's been a cloud hanging over that team for oh so long. And uh, even though it's going to pay dividends long-term to get rid of him, I think the distraction of him going into this game is going to be too much for the Browns to overcome. It's going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong. It's the Battle of Ohio crying out loud. And I like a low scoring defensive battle, but the Browns pull away 23 to 20. David, I couldn't lay out any better than you did. Everything that's wrong with Cleveland right now. That's fantastic. Cincinnati right now is a young team with a young coach. And as we saw last week, there's going to be hiccups along the way. They're not used to winning. They're not used to being the favorite. So, you know, I think they move past this Jets loss. It's just one of those bumps in the road. And we see them uh, facing off against Cleveland here and winning this game as well. I'll be a little higher scoring, but uh, in the Still a pretty easy win for the Bengals, 27 to 20 over a distracted and lost Cleveland Browns team. The Atlanta Falcons, after that loss to the Panthers, traveling to New Orleans to take out the Saints, coming off that amazing, amazing, prideful, inspiring win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Trevor Simeon leading the charge at quarterback. But that said... Even though Taysom Hill is coming back in this game, this could be a trap game for the Saints, who if they win, they'll be in first place in the NFC South, believe it or not. But I wouldn't count out an upset one bit here. Yeah, it's a great point, David. I mean, these divisional games, yeah, we see it every year. These teams are way too familiar with each other. Um, It just happens when they slug it out twice a year. There's always that raised uh, level on both sides of the ball and that the underdogs somehow seem a way to, to make it interesting. And, and like I said, we've been marveling this year that, you know, so far Arthur Smith has got this team at three and four, and it's kind of like, well, how is he doing that with this talent here? Because they're basically down to Kyle Pitts and <laughs> Cordero Patterson. And that's, that's the offense right now. So yeah, very interesting. I'd love to see Atlanta to pull the upset special. And, you know, we, we always talk about the letdown after those big wins and, and that might be coming for new Orleans, but that said, maybe Atlanta, you know, can win the first half, but I, I think new Orleans will find a way and pull it out closer than a lot of people think 24 to 20 new Orleans. Yeah, I like the Saints, but it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. We're Saponico there. And also, Calvin Ridley, all the best wishes to you. It's okay to be unwell. You are doing the right thing by taking a step away from football for the time being to focus on your mental health and get your mind and spirit right. We salute you, Calvin Ridley, and we're praying for you. Hope to see you back on the field as soon as you feel able. The Denver Broncos traveling to Dallas to take out the Cowboys. This is my lock of the week. Dallas Cowboys just blow out and i mean blow out the denver broncos how big of a blowout is it stay tuned for bowl predictions oh david oh man you know man, denver's coming off a of w here come on oh, it felt like a loss it felt like a loss are you kidding me you saw that last offensive position oh my god big fan you're going to the unemployment line in january along with matt Nagy and ryan pace too yeah, I mean, I, I think Denver might make it a little more competitive. I think there's a lot of players who 
Uh, you know, are feeling like the front office has kind of given up on this season and maybe thinking about ta- tanking uh, with that Von Miller trade. But, you know, we've got we've got to remember the players are the ones that are playing the game. And there's a lot of pride on both sides of the ball there in Denver. And, yeah, I think Dallas is going to win just because they're so, so, so much more talented right now. Um, but I'll say Denver's going to going to keep it close for a little while uh, before Dallas pulls away. So closer game. I, I think I can't wait to hear your blowout prediction, David, but I've got it. Dallas 24, Denver 17. Oh my God, Hal. I completely disagree with you there. <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to East Rutherford to take on the Giants. Everybody was saying, oh, they're going to be so distracted going into Denver with Gruden resigning. That didn't happen. And with Henry Ruggs and that tragic situation, some people are saying, oh, they're going to have a letdown against the Giants. I don't think so. I believe in Rich Passaccia. I think he's going to have his troops ready and fired up to play. And uh, the Giants might keep it close for a little bit, but I think the Raiders um, uh, pull away in the end. I like the Raiders. Yeah, I, I've, I've got the game lower scoring. I think the Giants' defense has been, um, you know, playing a lot better lately. They might keep some of those explosive plays under wraps. But at the same time, um, Las Vegas, yeah, I mean, this is just one more thing for them right now. Yeah, whatever. Let's get on the field and just play is what they're thinking in Vegas. So I've got Vegas winning 20-13 to 13 over the Giants. The Minnesota Vikings, after arguably the most embarrassing loss in the Mike Zimmer era, traveling to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens fresh off a bye. The Vikings might play a little bit better in this game compared to last week, but it's not going to be enough against a well-rested Ravens team, especially with Daniil Hunter out for the season. Who do you have to put pressure on Lamar Jackson aside from Everson Griffith? I do not see a lot of options for the Vikings. Lamar Jackson, he's absolutely going to eat them up all game long. Uh, the, Cooper Rush threw for 325 <laughs> yards against them. Look, and Lamar Jackson, he'll, he'll either run or throw for more than that. I like the Ravens in this game, and it's going to be by multiple scores in the end. Yeah, this this game's got blowout written all over it as well. Uh, well-rested Baltimore team that's, you know, more than ready to go and, and still has that lost uh, Cincinnati in the back of their minds from before the bye week, you know they're going to be ready to come out and fi- be firing on all cylinders. Definitely has blowout written all over it. I have Baltimore 41-17 to 17 over the Vikings. Justin Herbert and the Chargers, who are reeling a little bit, traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. And this is not a gimme whatsoever for the Chargers. The Eagles have the manpower up front on both the defensive and offensive lines to give the Chargers fits. And given the way the Chargers have looked against the run and great offensive lines, looking at you, New England Patriots, I think I'm going to go with the Eagles in an upset. Jalen Hurts, uh, he doesn't have to throw the ball against the Chargers. Just run it yourself or give it to uh, Kenneth Gainwell or Jordan Howard and uh, and find a Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith um, for like a handful of big plays. I think that'll be enough to win this game. And also, it was just reported, Justin Herbert limited in practice today with a sore right hand. And uh, I'm not sure that that's the only uh, part to that injury, but Justin Herbert at slightly less than 100% plus given the manpower the Eagles have up front. I think that's enough to pull off the upset in Philly. I like the Eagles. Ooh, very bold, David. I don't have this as an upset special. I have to disagree with you here. Uh, Two losses, uh, especially coming out of the bye week for the Chargers. They know that their season's uh, teetering right now. A loss puts them at 500 in a crowded AFC wildcard race. I think they come out, uh, find a way to to put it down. Philadelphia, yeah, um, go ahead and pick up Jordan Howard for your fantasy team if you're going to go off of what he did against the Lions last week. Not me. Eagles back to earth this week. Chargers back to normal. Chargers 27, Philadelphia 20. 
The Arizona Cardinals, after that heartbreaking defeat against the Packers, traveling to San Francisco to take on the Niners, and Kyler Murray did not practice today, although Cliff Kingsbury said uh, he could play without practicing at all this week. Do you think it might be wise for the Cardinals to rest Kyler Murray and play the long game? It would be wise, but I don't think they're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, because Cliff Kingsbury, he is still on the hot seat because if the Cardinals stumble and don't make it into the playoffs, he's probably fired. And, uh, and uh, Kyler Murray, based on the report said he should be okay. I think he will be okay. I like the Cardinals in this game, but the 49ers gave them a very tough test last time. It's going to be very tough again. It's going to be an ugly low scoring game, but in the end, Kyler Murray greater than Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll make more plays at the end. Cardinals win uh, 19 to 13. Yeah, I've got a little higher scoring than that. I'll put it at 30 to 22, Arizona over San Francisco. Uh, You know, San Francisco still got Debo Samuel there, who's all of a sudden turning into, you know, let's start talking about him in the top tier of wide receivers right now. Um, Rookie Elijah Mitchell looked great last week running the ball as well. Uh, Big plays, tough yards, whatever they asked him to do, he did it. But at the end of the day, Arizona is more talented on both sides of the ball, and they need to keep up with the Rams, uh, who, you know, made the splashy headline this week. So I think we'll see a very motivated Arizona team and take out the 49ers. I agree as well. And Von Miller making his Rams debut on Sunday Night Football and arguably the league MVP, Matthew Stafford. They face a Tennessee Titans team that just lost their best player in Derrick Henry. Although the Titans may as well still win the division, they're going to be exposed big time without him in this game. I think uh, Von Miller and uh, Aaron Donald and that pass rush is just going to eat that Titans offensive line alive uh, on Sunday night. And uh, Ryan Tannehill, like outside of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, he doesn't have that many people to throw the ball to. It's going to be ugly for the Titans. And Matthew Stafford, unless Harold Landry and that Titans defensive front, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, absolutely have the game of their lives. He'll just tear apart that secondary. I like the Rams in this game, and it's not going to be close. Yeah, I mean, Julio Jones, been waiting for him to step up, um, has really had a quiet year so far. Uh, not, uh, you know, other than one 100 yard game, he's been either hurt or invisible most of this season, uh, putting a lot of pressure on Julio. I don't see them being able to keep up. Uh, I've got the Rams winning this one. And, you know, I thought this could be, you know, a game of the week type situation before Derrick Henry got hurt. And now it's can Tennessee claw and hang on the rest of the way. But again, the lead opponent here this week. They're going to need time to figure out that offense. It isn't going to happen this week. Rams 30, Tennessee 16. And on Monday Night Football, Justin Fields and the Bears traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the red-hot Pittsburgh Steelers. And should the Bears even bother taking Matt Nagy there with him? I don't (laughs) think so. Even though they lost to the 49ers, did Justin Fields play arguably the best game of his young career so far? Definitely, especially in the second half of that game as well. He looked like the quarterback that everyone was hoping to see uh, took a big step forward. And yeah, a lot of that could just be Matt Nagy not being there. <laughs> I think, hey, don't break it if it's not, you know, if, it, if it's, uh, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You know, put a muzzle on Nagy if he has to be there, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you there, Dave. Yes, and uh, just uh, win or lose in this game, just keep those designed uh, boot action plays, play action, designed runs, let him use his legs. That's where he is at his most dangerous so far in his young career. Just keep doing that, Bears, all season long, win or lose. That is how you accelerate his development. And I think Justin Fields makes a lot of good plays on Monday night, but it's not going to be enough. The Steelers' defense and that front, they're going to find a way to make life uh, miserable for him and – squeeze just enough rookie mistakes out of him to win i like the stillers yeah i i'm with pittsburgh as well you know we talked earlier i, I um about mike 
Tomlin and the job he's doing there. I mean, look at he doesn't even need a kicker anymore to win games. You oh, know. God, Come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, I mean, I, I the Bears. I I hope to see you know Justin Fields primetime game. You know, make some big plays. I, I'm rooting for the Bears in this one, but I think Pittsburgh's going to do more than enough to win. And I've got them 19 to 16 in a close, ugly Steelers kind of game. I'm with you there, man. I'm rooting for the Bears to pull off the upset, but I do think the Steelers come away with the win. And now it's bold prediction time. Hal, what is your bold prediction for week nine? Well, I mean, I'm going with Green Bay and I'm going with a big game. Maybe not so much from the running game, but maybe a big game from Jordan Love. How about throwing a pair of touchdown passes? Um, you know, running for a pair of touchdowns, accounting for all four touchdowns. Is that going to be enough? Win at Arrowhead in his first start? I definitely see it. The 2020 preview Green Bay Packers, a big game from Jordan Love. And that's what allows them to win that upset win here. Um uh, this this week uh, against the Chiefs. I'm a big Broncos fan as well, as I'm sure you know. But I am rooting for them to get the highest draft pick possible because uh, trading away Von Miller is really a side that we're still in the middle of a rebuild. It's not worth chasing that seventh uh, wild card spot uh, without getting as much in return for our franchise player. And they play arguably the best team in football right now, if not the most talented team in football in the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott coming back as well. The Dallas Cowboys lay not a 40 burger, not a 50 burger, oh. but a 60 burger on the Denver Broncos on Sunday. It's going to be like that game. The Broncos played the Eagles four years ago when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, the Eagles laid a 50-burger on them. I think this year's Cowboys team is even better than the, the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl in 2017. Cowboys 62, Broncos 21. That is going to be the final score and wow. on Sunday. That is my bold prediction. And last but not least, we conclude our program with our challenge flags. And I'll go first. Cincinnati Bengals. Last week, your offensive line had a very, very, very tough time against Quinn and Williams in that underrated Jets defensive front. Joe Burrow was getting hit more than I've ever seen him get hit, at least this year. Just do what you can against that tough Browns defense. Keep Joe Burrow upright. You know what happened to him last year. Do not make him suffer the same fate this year. And that starts by protecting him and playing your absolute best game of the year against that dangerous Cleveland Browns front four with Miles Garrett, Devin Clowney, and the two Maliks in the middle, Malik McDowell, Malik Jackson. Please keep Joe Burrow upright, Cincinnati Bengals. That is my challenge flag. What about you, Hal? I'm going to keep it not only in the AFC North. I'm going to keep it. Let, let's keep it in Ohio. All right? Cleveland. Kevin Stefanski, you've got the most talented team in the AFC right now. Yes, there's distractions. Yes, there's injuries. But you've got to figure this out quick because you've got going to Cincinnati, then New England. Then you've got the Lions. Okay, that's like a bye week. But then the Ravens before your, your bye week. And if you go one in three, and you're at five and seven, you're in a tough, tough spot. So you got to figure out how to turn this offense around, uh, get Baker Mayfield right. May I throw out a suggestion? Uh, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, throw the ball to your tight ends already. Come on. You've got talent there. Ground, pound, trust your defense. Nobody's gone for the, on fourth down more than Cleveland this year. And they're terrible on fourth down. They don't convert any of them. Just punt it and trust your defense. You've got superstars over there. Trust them. Win the ugly games. Ground and pound it. Take those 19 to 16 victories, Kevin Stefanski. Learn to win ugly. You've got to do it, and you've got to do it in these next four weeks. 
He is Hale Bent, ladies and gentlemen, of BostonSportPage.com and Full Press Coverage. You can follow him on Twitter at HalBent01. Hal, thank you so much once again. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back same time next week to recap week nine, preview week 10, and hand out our 2021 NFL Midseason Awards. So stay tuned. You could also follow me on Twitter at DCrom59 and on Instagram at SportsCrunch with DCrom. And remember, that is Crunch with a K. Also, check out the new and improved sportscrutch.com. In addition, November is Salute to Service Month, where we honor our brave, heroic men and women in uniform. And that means it is time for the annual Cheer for the Troops campaign run by my good friends, who you hear at the beginning of each Sports Crunch episode, the Denver Broncos cheerleaders. Please click the link in my Twitter bio for more information on this incredible month-long event and make a donation that will help send a care package to active duty U.S. troops and military personnel currently stationed overseas. My friends, and more importantly, our troops, would absolutely love and cherish your support. For Hal Bet, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome, and enjoy another exciting weekend of football, Cats and Kittens. Stay cool. (laughs) 